thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the It's Cavalier Podcast, and if you can't tell by now, we're on video. Finally got the YouTube channel up, so I'm very excited about that. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to that. And if you haven't already subscribed to the It's Cavalier Podcast on both Apple Podcast and Spotify, or whatever, whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, make sure you go ahead and do so and leave a rating and a review. I enjoy reading those just because it helps me put out better content. With that being said, let's go ahead and get right into the action. First things first, a um, bit of news on the Kevin Love front, you know, probably not news by now, but uh, Kevin Love, man, he has surprised a lot by really not being interested in a buyout. Now, the man is going to make something like 60 something million, I think 61, maybe 62 million over the next two years. And he would have to sacrifice a great deal of that if he was to be bought out uh, with Cleveland. So, I mean, in one regard, I can't blame him. You know, that's a lot of money to give back potentially. Uh, you know, and it wouldn't be the complete 60 plus million, but it he'd probably be giving back something in the neighborhood of what Blake Griffin did. So I just don't see that happen. And the difference between Blake Griffin and Kevin Love is that Blake Griffin still seems to have somewhat, you know, a little bit left in the tank and can to contribute to a title contender. And I'm not saying Kevin Love couldn't do that because I think in a ready-made situation, if he's able to, I think Kevin Love could probably... Uh, go somewhere like L.A., the Lakers, and contribute off the bench. I could definitely see it happening if he can stay healthy and they get the right role for him. It's definitely possible, but I don't know how probable it is. And now, due to the fact that he is just really not willing to to be bought out, I just don't know what course of action the Cavs take. They've already tried trading him. And I mean, seriously, have the Cavs not tried to trade Kevin Love since the day he stepped in Cleveland? You know, I just, I don't know. Maybe that's a misconception. Maybe that's just, you know, it was rumors earlier on, you know, especially when LeBron came back. But who knows? I, I at this point, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with, with Kevin Love. You're, to me, it would make little sense to tell the guy to go home for the next two years. We'll pay you to stay home. I just don't believe that that is the best course of action to take. Um, if I'm them, I'm probably, you know, talking to him even more now because I know there was a report that came out not too long ago about him finally realizing that he's going to have to take a step back and he's going to have to play a more reserved role. And now, you know, with the addition of uh, Laurie Markinen, what is Kev's role? I know, obviously, Larry Nance Jr. is out the door. So you're going to you have open spot you have an open spot you have some minutes to kind of allocate I don't know what you're going to do with Kev there he's obviously not going to be the starter and he shouldn't be I just don't know what to actually do with him 
if they don't want to have him on the court, you know, is there a possibility that they go like the J.R. Smith route and just say, hey, fuck it, just stay home. We don't want you around our uh, young core of guys even more than you've already been. Because we, we've seen the blowups. We've seen everything really, you know, come to a head at certain points over the last two seasons. But I don't know. What, what situation would best fit him right now in regards to, you know, what you're going to do with him in the rotation? Because, you know, the starting five, in my opinion, at least, and you guys have heard me echo this. I think I even said it on the last episode. And that's that it should be Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Goro, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That's your starting five. Your bench unit will consist of Ricky Rubio, Jetty Osman, um, Dylan Windler probably will factor in somewhere. Uh, you still have Dean Wade and, you know, you have Lowry now. So and Lowry could be in the conversation to start to begin the season. That's also a huge possibility. And if that is the case, you, you're probably going to have to have Mobley manning the four and soaking up a lot of the minutes at the four and five spot off the bench. You can still hand him like 26 to 28 minutes, maybe even crack a little bit over 30, you know, but that doesn't mean he has to start. Especially if he's not ready, you know, weight-wise and things like that. If the Cavs are wanting him to kind of ease into the role as opposed to, you know, being thrown out into the proverbial NBA fires. Because, man, that's a, that's a tough spot to be in, especially if you're not the the strongest of guys out there. He's he's finesse. That's what I'm going to say about Mobley right now. Mobley is a finesse guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think he can definitely develop into, you know, a very good post player uh, if given the time and developed the right way, you know, but you just, you never really know. So that's right now, that's that's the lineup. And there are other guys that could factor in there too. What are the Cavs going to do with Lamar Stevens? What is going to happen with Fiondu Cavangeli? Are they going to make another move, you know, to try and acquire another wing? Or, you know, there's, there are a myriad of possibilities that could potentially still present themselves. And that's not good for Kevin Love. I mean, you're talking about a guy who did play a huge role in bringing a championship to Cleveland. But, I mean, just listen to this. The guy is 32 years old. He's already, you know, he's had his fair share of time in the NBA. At one point in time, Kevin Love was among one of the most dominant NBA big men. And at 6'8", I, I don't, I'm not sure why, you know, the designation. I think he was listed at like 6'10", 6'11", earlier on in his career. Now he's listed at 6'8". Obviously, he's always probably been 6'8". Uh, he didn't just shrink out of nowhere. But still, you know, he, he has some wear and tear on him. He hasn't appeared in more than 60 games since I think like the, the, the 2016 season. Obviously, LeBron's still there. And I think that's the championship season. So I just obviously he he's on his way out. Does he have anything left in the tank? Who knows? I think he, like I said earlier on, I still think he can contribute in some form or fashion if he's in the right situation. And that's why I brought up LA. You know, you get to re- reunite with LeBron potentially. And I'm, there's probably one or two other places out there, but I'm not going to speculate on that right now until we know what the hell that this team's doing. You know, there there's a lot of questions in regards to the front court. We know the back court for the most part right now is settled. You have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. And while there still are questions around whether or not Colin Sexton is going to get a uh, extension, 
I just, you know, those are probably not going, those talks are probably, if they're not going to be, if a deal is not going to be completed before the season starts, it's definitely going to have to wait until after the season. You know my opinion on that right now. I don't know if I'd give him the full rookie uh, max extension amount, which is like five years, 168 mil. It's certainly possible, certainly justifiable based upon the numbers, statistics of what we've seen. I think what the Cavs organization is kind of hesitant on, or the, the negotiation rather, not hesitation. The negotiation is probably more so geared towards, you know, well, how, how have those stats impacted winning? And we know basketball is a team sport, so I'm not going to hold that against Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton is probably going to ball out this year. He, he very well could end up in the NBA All-Star game, which is actually being held in Cleveland this season. So, you know, that's that's pretty freaking awesome. I, I don't know when the last time that's happened. I'd have to Google that, to be honest with you all. But still big things to come from him. So I think we're going to see the All-Star jump this season. If that's the case, the kid is going to get paid. So that's the backcourt, the starting backcourt. Off the bench for the backcourt, you know, you got Rubio, your big offseason addition. Aside from Markinen, um, Rubio is going to shore up the backup playmaking that, uh, that we kind of lack right now and that we really didn't have at all last season. I don't freaking count uh, Damian Dotson in that role. You can't really count Jetty Osmond's uh, uh, <laughs> uh, point Jetty minutes that he played last season. This team really lacked that leaps and bounds. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. So the, the, the backcourt is pretty stable. That's just to say all that. Now, the front court, like I said, is where you have all the questions. You still have Isaac Okoro, who's presumably going to get most of the time at small forward. Your, the, your center and power forward positions are interchangeable now. You know, and the four big dominoes there are Mobley, Allen, Markinen, and Love. Stevens could fit in there somewhere due to his fact, due to the fact that, you know, he's more so of a, a, a four right now than a three with the lack of a consistent three point shot. If you ask me, there's there, there's just a lot of question marks there and who's actually going to get minutes. And that's why I'm saying, you know, Kevin Love is in a bad spot right now. And the organization is in a bad spot with Love because there's literally nothing you can do with this guy. If you ask me outside of saying, fuck it, we're sending you home. Don't play for us for the next two seasons. We'll write you a check. Just sit your ass on the couch. It's possible. Who knows? Maybe somebody will be crazy enough to to throw like a, a second rounder Cleveland's way for for acquiring love in exchange for, you know, maybe maybe you pair Jetty and Love in a first rounder, a future first rounder, just to get love off the books. Who knows? There's a lot of different things that uh that could potentially occur. I just I'm not sure on this one yet. I'm I'm trying to visualize why, you know, anybody would want to actually trade for Kevin Love at this point when he could potentially you know, just just get hurt again. I don't know. I'm still forever grateful for from the guy. You know, for the guy for bringing or having a part rather in bringing a championship to Cleveland. But this is a what have you done lately for me league? That's just kind of how it is. Kevin Love just you know he's I, I don't know. We're gonna move on here. Uh, next topic, Lowry, uh, Lowry Marketing. I don't know. 
what the Cavs plan on doing with Markinen in regards to, you know, whether or not he's going to start, whether or not he's going to come off the bench. There's a case, honestly, to be made both ways. You know, if you bring at 24 years old, he fits the timeline. And if you're going to bring him off the bench, that could be an excellent spark. The Cavs just, you know, that they could obviously use because they don't really have that. They didn't have that last season. They could not just roll one of the backups out there and just whenever they need a scoring punch from the forward position, it just wasn't there last season. Larry was often injured. Um, Dean Wade, when he's not hitting threes, is just a regular, you know, regular guy. And you, you can't really count on Jetty or Isaac to really make noise, you know, scoring on their own. At least you couldn't last season. Who knows what you're going to see out of either one of those guys. But uh, Markkinen, you know, just just hearing what he has to say, I think in a interview with it was Casey Johnson of NBC Sports recently, you know, uh, Markkinen stated that he feels like he hasn't hit his ceiling yet, which is a great thing to hear, you know, from from the kid. And and from an organizational standpoint, those are the types of things you want to hear when you're acquiring a player, you know, they're. He was in a bad spot, a bad situation where he was often injured as well. You know, kind of same kind of situation. Larry, when he's on the court, he's impactful. But problem is just that he hasn't been able to stay consistently on the court due to health. Um, You know, he he holds career averages of 15.6 points, 7.1 rebounds, 1.2 assists, shoots 44% from the field and 36.6% from three-point range. Those are pretty good numbers, especially for somebody that you would possibly have coming off the bench. I don't know. You know, I'm really kind of, I don't want to say I'm skeptical on uh, whether or not what his chances are to stay healthy for a whole NBA season. But if you play him the right way, if you preserve him, and these are the same hopes that we have with Larry and to, you know, to an even larger extent with Kevin Love. If you play him the right way, if you find the right role for him, will he possibly stay healthy? You know, you just don't know because injuries are one of those things. You know, you can be out there for 36 minutes one night and look great. And then the next night, you know, you're out there for, for the four or five minutes and you've hurt something somehow. That's just that's just kind of how it seemed to play out with both Larry and Kevin over the last few seasons. But, you know, the, the hope for me is there with Mark. And if, the, if he's utilized in the correct way, if JB Bickerstaff can figure out the rotations, you, you know, whether or not you're going to have him starting over Mobley or vice versa, there's, there's a lot of different things you can do there. And I think just to hear that Markkinen possibly has not hit his proverbial ceiling yet, that's that's a scary sight or a scary thing rather for for other teams around the NBA. It just it kind of goes along with what Larry Nash Jr. recently said in in that piece by uh, Chris Fedor, and that was that you know this this Cleveland team when they're ready to compete, the East better look out. You know I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing there. That's not the exact quote that he said, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. This Cleveland team, you know, they have their young core in place now. As the aforementioned Garland, you have Sexton, you have Okoro, you have Mobley, you have Allen. Those are your core five young guys right there. You just acquired Markinen. That's a sixth piece right there. It could be a sixth man of the year possibly. You know, there are just 
this this team is just brimming with talent. It's just about how it's going to be developed and how it's going to be utilized. We saw flashes from both Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro in summer league. You know, they especially Okoro when handling the ball as like kind of the secondary playmaker on that team opposite Broderick Thomas. Okoro looked pretty good as a playmaker. And obviously, you know, he's going to see pretty much most of those duties to Garland, Sexton, uh, Ricky Rubio. He's going to see a lot of those playmaking duties. And he's not going to be the tertiary guy. He might, he's going to be fourth on the pecking order probably nine times out of ten in regards to, um, you know, playmaking. But still, it's it was encouraging to see the types of development that you saw out of those guys. That, so so that just speaks volumes about the young core that they kind of you know that they, they've kind of already had in place but due to the fact that the east as a whole kind of took a giant uh giant freaking step forward i just don't know where the team is going to finish i do have hopes that they're going to end up in the playoffs you know even even if they only reach the playing game i don't think the playing game technically doesn't count as the playoffs whatever but I think even making it to the playoff, uh, the playing game for me would be a uh, a successful season. You know, if if Colin Sexton makes it to the All Star game, that to me that that'll be great. That's something else the Cavs can you know say. Hey, we had our first player sans LeBron go to the uh, sans LeBron James there go to a All Star game, which is being held in Cleveland. That's that's uh, that's fucking insane. So it's just I don't know. I'm happy. I'm excited. Uh, just to get back to the topic at hand, I, I'm really hoping that uh, Lori Markkinen can have an impactful season. I hope he can stay healthy. I hope he hasn't, in fact, hit his ceiling yet. I'm, I'm really, I'm really feeling good about this trade. It really did suck losing Larry Nance Jr. But to get a 24-year-old player who, uh, who has not lived up to his expectations just yet doesn't mean that uh that that things cannot this that this trade cannot have worked out for everybody obviously larry gets to go to a team in portland that is ready made to contend and he was you know according to that report larry worked with the Cavs to facilitate a trade I mean, good for him you know i think at 28 years old and 29 by the season starts he deserved to be able to play on a team that is contending and not have to sit, you know, in a rebuild. He's been in Cleveland since uh, LeBron's final year. So that's three and a half years, basically. It just, you know, he deserved to go to a contending team. Marketing, on the other hand, was playing for another rebuilding team in Chicago who, you know, they struggled to kind of find the right fit for him. You know, they had players like Wendell Carter Jr. come in, uh, that kind of just kind of put him in a a rock in a hard place in regards to what his actual spot was in the rotation. And, you know, when you couple that with the fact that just can't stay healthy, what are you going to do? You know, you can't blame the organization for wanting to possibly move up off of him, kind of give up. Um, And, you know, they did. But that doesn't mean that this trade cannot work out for everybody because I'd certainly think it can. Um, If I was to grade the trade right now, I'd go – Portland, um, A, I'd go Cleveland, A minus, and I'd probably go something like uh, uh, C plus for Chicago for getting Derrick Jones Jr. and some second round draft picks, if I'm not mistaken. 
that would be my grade right now. That can certainly change depending upon how this upcoming season goes. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, the last thing that we'll talk about today is Ricky Rubio. Um, Ricky Rubio recently stated that he's tired of being traded. I mean, can you blame the guy? He has played for three teams in the last three seasons. He's going into his 11th NBA uh, season, and at 30 years old, he, Jesus, can you just think about that? He's played 11, well, he's played 10 NBA seasons, and he's only just 30 years old. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. You know, Rubio holds career averages of 11 points, 4.2 rebounds, 7.6 assists, 1.8 steals. That's everything the Cavs need off the bench. And, and as a spot starter, he could absolutely step in for somebody like Sexton or Garland and hold the fort down. You know, I'm hoping it doesn't ever come to that just because um, uh, you, you don't want to deal with injuries to the, the rotation. It's certainly possible, though. We could definitely see it. And I think that's something that uh, the acquisition of Rubio could help shore up. There's still question marks in regards to whether or not Sexton is going to be, you know, long for Cleveland if, um, you know, if they're going to give him that extension. And I think they will. I hope they get something worked out. But you just never know. That's why, you know, trading a guy like uh, Torian Prince for Rubio to me is a is a win because Prince, you know, he was coming going into a season in which he was going to have an expiring contract and he was going to need a new one. And I think the Cavs weren't, especially with the current makeup of the roster, they probably just weren't thrilled with having to possibly uh, factor in another com- contract extension talk into what they already have going on. You know, we, we just saw the, the team hand Jared Allen a contract extension. We, we know that they have to hand Sexton one at some point this uh this offseason or next offseason, we know that they're going to have to potentially plan on Darius Garland and in the future, Isaac Okoro, if things keep going the, you know, the way that they have. But you just don't know. So the acquisition of Rubio, to me, is going to pay dividends, is going to speak volumes. And if he is tired of truly being traded and he, you know, he's going to have one of his best seasons yet, what better place to do it in Cleveland, who was, uh, who was starving for a six man of the year type, you know, backup point guard reserve. So who knows? I if he is truly tired, maybe that can inspire him to call Cleveland his home for the next couple of seasons if he, you know, he has a big one, which would be great, you know. Could you imagine Cleveland having the six man of the year? Uh, in addition to an all-star and a play in or playoff game? Could you imagine that? I mean, it just it a year ago, it seemed like it was light years away with how things have been going. But to me, it's a possibility. I don't know. The East, like I said, has gotten a lot better. But I definitely think that there is room for a couple of awards to be handed out uh, in the Cleveland area. Not the Browns, but the Cavaliers. So I definitely think that uh, Rubio is going to help very, very much in regards to de- helping further along Darius Garland's playmaking development. And he probably could help, you know, Colin Sexton's as well. We know that we think of Sexton primarily as this scorer who can, you know, hit a bucket from anywhere out in the court. But the playmaking aspect of what Rubio brings to the table could certainly help both of those young players progress in that department. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, if Rubio is able to contribute the way that 
he's hoping to. This Cleveland team could be, you know, the, the rebuild could definitely be expedited. And then all we were hoping for this offseason is one or two pieces that could push the team into potential playoff territory. At least I was. We knew that we were going to get, you know, Mobley, you know, nine times out of ten. We knew that there were some moves that were going to be made. We didn't know Larry Nance Jr. was going to be traded uh, this offseason, although, you know, the talks were always there. But that's neither here nor there. The one thing that the Cavs know that they need at this point in time is a wing, but getting Markinen is probably as good as uh, as, as close as it gets to getting an impact score or somebody in the mold of a uh, of a younger Kevin Love, you know. So who knows? I'm, I do have high hopes for this upcoming season. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you guys think I'm crazy for for believing in them that much, but that's just me. You know, I'm trying to be optimistic about this and we'll, you know, we'll revisit this and maybe I'll look bad, but who knows? So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode as always. Like I always tell you guys, you know, if you have a question about today's episode, you have any inquiries, you can always reach me at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube now. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to all those and have a good day.